Hello, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to our podcast. It's about payroll. We're your hosts, Brian Escobar and Walter William Duncan III. Whether you're new to the payroll industry or a seasoned vet, this is the podcast for you. All right. Thanks for joining us today as we cover data processing, the fourth pillar in our five pillars of payroll. And just to recap where we are in the five pillars, the first pillar is training and talent. The second pillar is documentation. The third pillar, systems, basically the information systems we use. And the fourth is data processing, which we'll cover today. The fifth is customer service. That'll be the next show. And before we dive in, you said you got you caught a little nugget that could be interesting to talk about. Yeah, I did see a story out there somewhere in Jacksonville earlier this year, Jacksonville, Florida. There was a situation where a former owner of a business was indicted for payroll tax fraud. And so I, I found it interesting that those things are still going on even in this day and age, you know. I think it's more so now because of all the all of the pandemic money that's going around, all mm-hmm. of those they did all kind of payroll tax, how can we say, concessions. Like they let you yeah. defer, they let companies and employees defer their social security deduction during the pandemic for a window of time. Now, some companies just chose to do the employer portion and some companies let the employees do it. But either way, it was really complicated. It was something that was decided much like legislation does, they'll make a decision not considering the impact of the that decision to where folks are technology-wise and how quickly they can turn around or pivot on that legislation. So, yeah, yeah when they did that Social Security deferment back in, I don't know, 2020 when the pandemic first started, companies wanted it done before their payroll providers could even facilitate it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was a backup. The reporting was the issue. So I could only imagine some of these companies that the payroll taxes and they don't, oh, wow. they, they don't yeah, they don't see the value in it. They, they like, why do I have to do this? And that's why gotcha. some companies do, they try to do 1099, uh-huh. you know, and there's a lot of audits that go on for that. You have to be very careful. If you're a new company trying to avoid hiring employees, you got to make sure that they're actually contractors you know be you have to be on point with how you pick your 1099 folks and make sure that the relationship is right and it's actually a 1099 so yeah. all that to say no i think payroll tax fraud goes on all the time gotcha yeah okay this, yeah so reading a little bit more here he said that he failed to remit he had uh-huh. uh, four subsidiaries that he had formed mm-hmm. um llcs and he he reported profits to them but he never oh. uh paid the payroll taxes mm-hmm. so it was more than a million dollars that he owed yeah you, you just made me think about steve harvey how he claims that he would write the check to the irs oh geez yeah check the video out who you know you listeners and you want to check fact check me go right ahead i believe it was that he he wrote the check to the irs gave it to the cpa but being that the cpa had access to his money he would sweep the money out for the same amount of the check so steve harvey thought okay yeah that's the check i just wrote for taxes ah right ah but the right there was a disconnect now the cpa never sent the check to the irs and just but still deducted the money swept the money out of his account 
for the payment. Yeah. And so that doesn't matter. The IRS doesn't care that you were defrauded of that money by a, a fraudulent accountant, a criminal accountant or whatever. Mm-hmm. You still owe that money to the IRS, even though you've lost it now. So now you're paying double. And maybe a little bit more. Maybe there'll be, maybe you catch a good IRS agent that'll be sympathetic and be like, okay, I understand what you got proof that this was fraudulent. Maybe they'll waive some penalties and interest, but you're going to even pay, you're paying more at that point because I think it went on for years. It was a few years of this for him. He ended up paying a few million in taxes, back taxes. Steve, it was 22 million. Whoa, 22 million. Yeah. Woo! So now, really, <laughs> and that really cost him forty-four million. Yeah, just think about that. That really cost him forty-four million. Yep. And just just connecting payroll to the day-to-day things. You know, we we'll try to spice this up a little bit for the listeners. And like, I was telling somebody recently about the podcast, and I was like, "Look, we try to make it fun because at the end of the day, we're we're teaching things that you need to really apply to your work. The listeners are coming on, and they really want to improve their work." And get better at payroll. But at the same time, we're trying to have some fun with it. You know what I mean? For today's data processing, it made me think of, as we talk about it, it's like data processing is the building blocks of payroll. How data is received, collected, organized, and reported. And we're going to break down each of those things. But it made me think about ADP, even though I didn't want to talk about the big guys. Their original name, ADP, is automatic data processing. Mm-hmm. So it just speaks to the fact that how, you know, data processing is really the building block for payroll. If you have no data, you have no payroll. Yep. That's it. You can't do payroll without the data. But what's interesting is now that the world has evolved such that it has where people are now the main focus, right? Because we've solved the automatic data processing bit beyond everybody's comprehension. So yeah. ADP switched it up and now it stands for Always designing for people, ADP, or always designing for people, and that's and it's it's partly because they've had to, and all these companies, all these payroll companies, have had to make this transition to HCM type of mentality, where it's a human capital management system, and you will find a lot of folks that you know really. That H- HR kind of knows that world better. Like they like the HCMs better for us and payroll. We just know. This is the job. Like we're process- when you process payroll data, you are paying someone. That's the number one goal of this job. If you do, you we have one job, right? Mm-hmm. Pay folks, pay yep. people. And there are sometimes things beyond our control, and data being one of them. That phrase that we say all the time, "garbage in, garbage out," is born yeah. from data processing. Yeah. The devil's in the details. Yeah, that's your favorite. Absolutely. It's all about these little nuggets, these little things, right? We're building a new automation right now, or let me say special calculation right now that's built on little data points. If this, this one data point is not present, mm-hmm. the, the special calc does not work. Yep. So your data is an absolute building block for it. I like to share these, these I don't know, Google definitions of things or whatever, mm-hmm. just to get folks understanding. So So one was it data processing, uh, a series of operations on data, especially by a computer, to retrieve, transform, or classify information. Mm -hmm. I found another one that I like better. Data processing, manipulation of data by a computer. Series of operations in data, especially by a computer. That's pretty much what it is, right? We we have 
a, a ton of data points and we need computers to process it mm-hmm. once upon a time for payrolls just calculators really Fax you know, machines. Oh, shoot. i'm sorry before that it was just math by hand because you we've had to pay people for things and services in one shape or form mm-hmm. back to the beginning of time of humans and whether it be barter and hey, give me three of that for two of this. There's a mm. payment exchange there, right? There's some math yeah. that has to be done. But anyway, thank God we have computers now. Yes. And it is our number one tool for processing data. So what's the, basically there are five key pieces to processing data. One is collection. The next is input. Another is processing. Output. And what you pointed out, security. Security. Data security. security. Data security <laughs> is data security is definitely more important now yeah. because it's so easily shared. And we know. have all these, these cyber attacks. Yes, cyber security, all that stuff. And I wanted to touch on that because I remember watching this. I forget it was one of those late night shows. I think it might have been like uh, the Daily Show or something like that. And uh, they had this older gentleman on there, and he was talking about cybersecurity and how that was going to be like the new type of warfare. And I, and, it, and this was like maybe like a, a few years ago when I when I first saw this, and I was and it blew my mind and just to see how that came about and how he talked about it and how it just manifested. Absolutely, just like he was talking about it. So it's. Yeah. You see that right now with the whole Russia ordeal, because mm-hmm. Russia is going to mount a cyber attack. Yeah. So it, that has absolutely manifested. That absolutely came true and is one of the key things in security. I'm sorry, in data is data security, cyber security. It is dated back to, hey, making sure someone's file is in a locked cabinet. In a locked yeah. cabinet. Oh, that's the, yeah, that was the right? old school one. That, that was, that was cyber security <laughs> then. But, make sure, make sure, remember uh, that place we worked at, you had to be the key holder for a lot of those file cabinets, yes. remember? Yeah. That the keys were in your office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. That was the security, whether yeah. you, whether, who had the key. So now, thank goodness, we're in a better place where you really can digitize. And even in a fully digital system, you should have backups and redundancies. So please don't yeah. take it as I'm saying, oh, all you need is a digital security. No, you should have proper redundancies, proper backup. So don't ignore that part. But as long as you have your data, you could potentially, right, theoretically put all of your information digitally and you can secure it with the help of IT. Creating data, the first one. Collection, basically the same deal. And where does it start? For payroll, it starts with the employee, the HR department, or the payroll team based on company policies and standards. When an employee gets hired, there's a, they have a certain group of data. They have some data points that are attached to the employee. Then yeah. the company attaches more data points to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then payroll and HR could attach more data points to them just yep. for different, different customizations and different reporting yeah. that you want to do. So all yep. these data points are being created. And they not only have to be created, they have to be maintained Yes. And they have to be possibly mapped over into yeah. other systems and yeah. the libraries and the keys of these mappings and tra- translations of the data between systems. For example, we have in our ecosystem, we have one, two, three different systems that I manage that all have their own unique code for each of our business groups. Yeah. So 
I have a spreadsheet that translates what one company's code is in one system, what the equivalent of that is in another system, and then again in a third system. Yep. So, and it's and you you can't always control the mapping throughout systems because the vendors will dictate that, right? Some vendor yeah. may say, "Oh, wait, we only use alphanumeric, or we only use alpha, or we only use numeric." Yep. So you have to create a mapping throughout that. Sometimes you walk into a situation where it's already been mapped out for you and created for you, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. But you have to work with the data. So let me let me ask you a yeah. question. With the with the with the topic of creating data, right? Yep. Like I I know you spoke to HR having having to carry some carry and create some data as far as like maybe the structure from departmental to yes. all that stuff, reporting sure. and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. And the employee has their part too. From the payroll aspect, it, do you see any situation where we would create data for yes. an employee? Yes, absolutely. It's not, and I almost said, I almost said no. Where I was like, no, mm -hmm. payroll doesn't create data, and we don't. That is my general rule. Payroll does not originate nor create any data. We process pre-approved data. Mm -hmm. That is my company line. That's what I stand behind. But there are <laughs> exceptions to everything of course mm -hmm. and the exception is when you're helping to create a special calculation some yes. something that you need to happen in the background where something like is retro pay well not only retro pay but no, i was just saying like an example is like a, yes yes we, yeah. we create the payment but what i'm mm -hmm. saying is a data point we would create mm -hmm. a data point in a, in a setup to flag the employee mm -hmm. on a customization to say, okay, guys, can you set that up for us then? Mm -hmm. We're probably the SMEs on it, subject mm -hmm. matter experts on it. So they would ask us, hey, that sounds really technical. Oh, it's this field. So you, you'll get some folks that, that may be uncomfortable with starting to create these custom and flagging the employees and uploading a global report to update this field, to create the field in the validation tables or on your database tables. Usually that yeah. skill set is with a systems person, payroll person, one of those, either your HRIS or your payroll person is mm -hmm. going to be the one that does that. So yes, payroll could create some data points. Mm -hmm. so, it's not payment uh, data points though. We wouldn't create a payment data point though. Nothing that would plus or minus anybody's money. Yeah, yeah, because like, even yeah, I get what you're saying, because even in regards, if it was a retro payment, that's something that is due to the employee. We're just doing the calc for it. It's not, like, it's, it's not like we determine, hey, nope. oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this person an extra dollar on their rate or stuff like that, like something like that. Yeah, because they're cool. Oh, that's, yeah. the, that's my friend over in IT, so I'm going to hook yeah. them up. No, your system has audit trails. There should be checks and balances and separation of duty to create to control the data flow. That's why it should not. That's why payroll should not be creating data, nor should we have the access to create it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because then you then there's a chance of fraudulent activity. Ghost employees, mm -hmm. a ghost employee, for those who don't know, is somebody that has access to the to building an employee profile who could then set up maybe, I don't know, somebody there an account that they have or their cousins, their moms, their sisters, their brothers, somebody's account that they can then get the money from and they can pay them in payroll and add yeah. a ghost employee. If you have 10,000 
100,000 employees. And if you don't have any, if you don't have good checks and balances, and if your payroll person has access to the front end, are you kidding me? That is a recipe for disaster. That's yes, a recipe for them creating a ghost employee, pay them $1,000 a week, and maybe it takes them, maybe it takes the company months, years to find that. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. The person will be gone. <laughs> gone. There's all kind of horrible payroll stories and payroll people doing fraudulent stuff, paying themselves millions, hundreds of thousands before the company oh, catches up. Yeah, because it's bad checks and balances, and it's folks who don't understand the separation of duties and don't understand that, well, why can't my payroll person also onboard? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 is that what you want them to do? Okay, do you understand the implication? And then often, I mean, I think I have a, a, currently have a great relationship, but sometimes bosses don't understand when you push back and say, hey, this is an HR duty. You don't want your payroll people doing this. We shouldn't have that type mm-hmm. of access. Right. And if you do in a small shop, if it's a small place and you the under 50, under 100, maybe I would say small. That's when you can probably have a payroll person that does multiple things. And that person could be HR, payroll benefits, all rolled in one. They could be your whole HR payroll department. You know what I mean? Because it's 50 employees or 100 or less employees. You don't have the you need more jobs just to keep that give that person a full time job. But in that situation, I really hope that the person that report, whoever they report to, is overseeing their work. Absolutely. Because at the 50 or 50,000, if nobody's checking the numbers, they could easily add a ghost employee. Yep. So that is one way. And then what was another way? Fraudulent. Yeah, getting cool with people at work. And then you have that access. And then you, what do they Oh, You, goodness gracious, conspire conspiracy right where you say when you see hey this is my boy in it yo i'm gonna pay you 500 dollars extra over the next month let's split it yeah you know what i mean or yeah, yeah i had somebody propose that to me at, wow this that's yeah. crazy he like I, he he came to me like he had an issue with he had an actual issue with his check and i helped i helped situate it for him and got him paid i said hey you know it's gonna be direct deposit but it's gonna be two days you'll get your money and then he he, he said man yeah like oh i appreciate it bro like, let me talk to you let me talk to you real quick and like he was like hey man let's uh if you want to hook me up you know what i'm saying like we can get this money together so like i'm just like what so wow. I, and, I, and i and i ended up having to tell the, the manager at the time had to go into them and tell them, like, hey, this guy came to me and this is what he said, because I, I didn't think that they would appreciate somebody like that working for the company. Yeah. You know, and, then, and then later on, unfortunately, well, I guess it's fortunate for the company that, that he was let go because of that. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, that, that just, just shows the type of character. What's done in the dark will come out in the light. Yeah, bro. You know what I mean? So that is collection. Where does it start? creating the data, and then payroll, is again, it's usually the employee level, the HR level, payroll level, all working off of the guidelines of what the company needs as a whole to create a data profile for an employee. Now, how are we receiving this data? How is payroll receiving this data? Mm-hmm. A, f- a few ways, well, the only ways, <laughs> is if you have a disconnected HCM or human uh, capital management system, employee Mm -hmm. information system, basically, then that's one uh, source of data. Another source is email. And 
via documents. They can send you usually, yeah, via email, shared drive, and hopefully not, but paper, of course, is still a medium for sending data to payroll. Faxing. Well, gosh, I I really hope nobody's faxing. And if they are... I'm sure sure they are. (laughs) But you can do it by email. There's a whole fax at an email thing that you don't have to... Yes, so please, folks, upgrade. (laughs) Please upgrade. And if you're doing paper, I hope you're scanning it into your payroll person. Please Mm. help them out. Uh, A lot of times, people beat down payroll departments, and it's like, folks, if you guys help us out a bit, it could drastically increase their production because if they're spending a lot of time scanning things in and organizing it, it takes away from the time that the main goal of processing data. Yeah. Right. So thank goodness we've gotten some more digital, easier ways, but at the same time, it's a double-edged sword because then now we, depending on how many different things your company uses, there's email, Slack, text message. Do you have other chat? situations i know some companies oh help desk ticketing system i know some companies will informally use whatsapp to create groups that they want to talk to i don't love that route because oh man yeah no a lot of folks do it man i don't love it because there's no official governance of it right Mm because i like i would not do that with my team unless i prefaced it by as I say, right, prefaced it, prefet, preface, I don't know. Yeah. Unless I told them, the, you know, I'll, I'm going to set the expectation up front. Look, here's our yeah. group, but this is absolutely a company group. Yeah. Right? Even if I have to use some other kind of app because you don't there, – there's no such thing as non-company. You know, they mm. sidebar, they tell you that for holiday parties. Hey, folks, you're still working. That is still your – co-workers you know and i know from experience and if anybody has been there with me my day ones out there in corporate they know what i have been through in some of these holiday parties and it's not mm-hmm. pretty it's not it's pretty not. again just circling back it's always work so these social media groups yeah. that's a gray area, a gray area yep. you know because if i'm talking to my team yeah okay it's cool to chat and stuff and you know have some type of like comfortable discussion but i also need a medium to deliver policy and training and issues and if you're not on your emails as well this can't be the only medium for it yep so receiving data receiving data yeah and i know we touched on this before in one of the prior pillars what we were discussing but text messages i've heard of some companies that's how they operate Mm -hmm. but i wonder if there are systems out there that can help streamline texting documents and stuff like that. If every employee had a company phone and mm-hmm. IT can control what's being deleted, what's not, like you couldn't delete anything, mm-hmm. then maybe it's okay, but you, your payroll person is still going to have trouble transforming that data, processing that data, mm-hmm. you know, because they have to literally like copy paste or retype the request if it says something like hey brian hey payroll guy brian can you uh process a bonus for billy for x amount of money on this date yo that's a whole request right there that's that's five data points that i need to now build into some other something to pay this person 
I got to put it in a spreadsheet or I have to put it in a batch in the system or some one-off way. And now how am I documenting this? When my boss says, hey, why did you pay Billy this bonus? What am I? Oh, he texts me. Oh, I lost the text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I deleted the text. I deleted it. <laughs> I deleted it by accident. He you sent know? it to me on Snapchat. <laughs> it's, oh, even worse. He said, yeah. Yo, you laugh. I bet, I bet stuff like that happens. And, mm-hmm. that, and then the thing just disappears. Are you, you crazy? There's text that vanishes, that vanish. Mm-hmm. Heaven forbid they use that. Like, you know, what? And as we said in that prior episode, you have to formalize that text. You have to follow up with that employee or that your coworker or your customer, however you, you know, say it. We say customer. You have to follow up with them and say, hey, per your text, I'm processing Billy's bonus for this amount on this day. Thank you very much. Yep. They don't even have to respond. You've mm-hmm. now documented that their lack of response is agreeing. Yep. Right? Because if, if they didn't, oh, no, I didn't do that, they need to respond. Uh-huh. And, and you could even go that far and say, hey, if you don't respond by X time, I will take that as an approval and it will be processed. Thank you very much. And if you're really worried, you copy in the bosses that you need to copy in. Yeah, because you, you can actually text to email, too. So I can like send you like on my SMS message. Yes, I can actually text you, like to like from my phone number to your email, and vice versa, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, if you do that, then great. And then if that is if you're that payroll person that people are texting, yeah, you need to set up a text email, so mm-hmm. that people could text the number and it goes to your email inbox. Because documentation, I believe, is the second pillar. Yes, documentation mm-hmm. pillar two is huge in payroll. You must have your documentation must be flawless or that is the goal to have flawless documentation. You want to have backup for everything you do. You want to have policy written around everything you do, guidelines, SOP around everything you do. Payroll is a very important task that they always want the backup for it. So that is receiving data. Mm Mm-hmm. The next one is processing data. This is, we have one job. We have one yep. job, process data. We need the data to process to create someone's check. Yep. But payroll boils down to those things. You have good data points that you process to create a paycheck. Yes. That creates a direct deposit or a live paycheck, a payment to an employee. That is our whole existence. We got to do one thing right. Well, so, we don't even have me, to do it right. We have to get one thing as yeah. right as possible. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, like, and, th- and this is kind of a, a sidebar here about the whole paycheck thing, right? I, I was thinking the other day, I, I remember you said pay record the other day, right? And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know I don't know if you remember saying I remember. that. Yeah. Like, you, you said pay record. And I kind of using that because I know there's times where we have to do manual checks. Yes. When, when somebody might have a, a zero check because they're fortunate enough to have a spouse who makes all the money. They have all the deductions coming out of their check. And so they might get a zero check here or whatever. So I, I think pay record instead of paycheck might, you know. You're right. Be, yeah. be a little bit better. It's it's like the more current term for it. Yeah. Because of it's not just a check and you're absolutely right. It's a transaction. And now we have like three four oh, there's really five payment options. There's a live check, it's a direct mm-hmm. deposit, but which is ACH, so maybe four. ACH direct deposit. Mm-hmm. Now we have 
push to debit, which could happen same day. Ooh. And the good old wire the money to me. But that costs a lot of money and that gets that's not the process. That gets payroll um I'm sorry, that gets finance involved and mm-hmm. wires are not for payroll. That's not what it's for emergency, maybe. Yeah. But that's not the that is not the program, right? That's the exception. But they are, those are the different options for creating a payment record, like you said. No matter what way we use, we do it, in payroll, we have to show a record of it. Yes. As long as that payroll record in, in, in the system is right, it almost doesn't matter how we deliver the money, the cash, mm-hmm. the digital asset, whatever it is. You know what I mean? That payment record needs to be created properly in your payment system. The processing of the data in your payment system has to be accurate. So your W-2 is accurate or your 1099 is accurate. Yep. So the processing of the data, the, the, the two things before, was it two? Yeah. Creating data and receiving data is like a prep situation. You're preparing the data to be processed. Those are the mm-hmm. prep steps, right? Then yep. there's processing the data. That's where all the magic happens. That's when mm-hmm. somebody gets paid. That's payday. That's people being happy. That's yes. yes. You know, I'm going to Sizzler tonight. That is processing <laughs> data, right? Sizzler. <laughs> going to Sizzler tonight, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm going to Sizzler Sunday for brunch. So yeah. that's processing the data. And that leads us to reporting the data. Mm-hmm. And this for me is a post item. Even though you report at any time, you can report mm-hmm. it. But pay, if you, you're reporting on payroll, it, you can only report on something that's already been done, right? If you're reporting on something else, it's not exactly payroll reporting. That's a kind of an mm-hmm. HR report. That's a people report, right? But yeah. if you want payroll yeah. information, I can only give you history. Can't tell you yeah. what I – I can tell you – I can give you a projection of – something that may happen in the future, but I can't give you a payroll record until we actually create a payroll record. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. this next step reporting is, is the after product. It's what goes yeah. to different departments. It's our deliverables. It's, you know, we send the reports to finance. We, there's an automation of GL to finance, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. whoever, you know, I have some, we have a partner now that, They'll ask me for gross numbers for a particular business unit on a monthly basis. You know, mm-hmm. they're doing some other project and they need the payroll data to do it. Yeah. So that's happens only can only happen after payroll is done. A payroll report will only be the history of things. Yep. So that's the reporting. What does payroll do with the data? We create reports for different departments or we help map data to different employee systems for analysis, mm-hmm. meaning that payroll output, if your payment system doesn't have an analytical piece to it, component portal to it, module, whatever you like to call it, then you might have a third-party module that does it. For instance, what's Domo, I believe is one of them, Tableau is one of them, BI mm-hmm. is another. It's, it's mm-hmm. basically just a, a massive database where you can dump data in you can connect it to other reports through unique identifiers common Mm -hmm. unique identifiers and then you can create new reports so for those of you who are not familiar with a system imagine one big file cabinet and you everybody could put these reports in it 
Mm -hmm. And as long as there's a unique identifier and you've set it up right, you can now pull out one report that may synthesize mm -hmm. across five or six reports. Yep, absolutely. So, that, so again, the reporting of it, either we're delivering it to different departments for whatever they need, or we're helping it get into another system so that those yep. different departments could use a powerful tool to run reporting and cross-reference reports. Yep, R, R for certain times, BLS, those labor statistics. Oh, yes. That we have yes. to do. <laughs> yes, Bureau of Labor Statistics and Statistics, maybe. You'll get those as, as your company gets bigger. You'll get a lot of BLS reports. Some of them are mandatory. Some of them aren't. Don't mm -hmm. always, some folks, like, get scared because the government has a great way of, like, scaring companies into doing the reports. Mm -hmm. But when you dig into it, you'll find, oh, yeah, no, this report isn't required. It's just pre preferred. You know, mm -hmm. we'd like you to do this one. If your teams have the bandwidth to do all these reports, great, mm -hmm. awesome, go for it. But if you don't have the bandwidth, dig into the report and understand whether it's mandatory or yeah. preferred. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yep, great points. And, and then you brought up timeliness on processing data. Can you speak to a little <laughs> bit more about that? So timeliness, you and I have, have dealt with this a lot in our careers where we've get we've gotten the data, the data was created, we received it, and it was time to process it, whether it's on a payroll aspect or another department processing or answering an employee change or whatever, right? So like at the end of the day, like you were saying, where we're creating that, that pay record to be given to the employee, like if the data is not entered in a timely fashion, it can end up having an impact on that employee's pay record at the end of the day. Yeah. It can even cause them to not even be paid. True so indeed. So timeliness is one of the big things when it comes to all these things. Timeliness can, not just in processing the data, in receiving the data and creating the data, timeliness is essential. Because yeah, because if an employee doesn't submit their onboarding or doesn't complete their onboarding, they might not get paid. And if they don't clock out correctly, if they don't remember to punch in or punch out, they might not get paid. That's correctly. true. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? So, like, timeliness is, is essential across all, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah employee, HR, yeah. payroll. Yep. And in, and in every step, too. Because – yep. If you don't create it in time, if you don't send it in time, if you don't process it in time, if you don't report yeah. it in time, if you don't protect it in time, mm -hmm. it could be a problem there. So that's a really great call out with data processing is timeliness, yes. right? Understand your deadlines and meet them. It brings me, I think about an argument I had or like a tug of war I had with one of my bosses for timeliness. For normal, the normal, the rule of thumb is 48 hours for processing direct deposit. Mm -hmm. And yes, technology and things have changed that currently. So it is getting better. We are getting the tools to deliver quicker, but it's usually 48 hours, right? And that's what most banks are going to tell you for ACH because it's the, it goes on the NACHA system and the banking and all this federal banking system. That's the rules. So I had a boss that we were late or running late and he just didn't have a grasp of the timing. And he wanted to accelerate the due date by a day. And I was like, no, boss, I, I just want to accelerate it by a few hours. I don't need a whole other day. Then you take away from the time that we need to actually process. Right? Mm -hmm. So now you're taking away from the timeliness of processing data. You're not giving us enough time 
to 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 review and to audit. So yeah. timeliness can go both ways. You know, if you have folks that are like too too cautious, they take away the necessary time you need to actually deliver a good product. Or which happens really more often than not is that your organization is pushing you to the limit of your time. Yes. And again, creating a situation where you're not going to deliver a good product. And in that case, you push back, you create an internal deadline and an external deadline. And if you can help Mm -hmm. it, your customers never know your internal deadline. They only know their external deadline. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's how you manage expectations. If your deadline is nine o'clock at night, you want to tell your customers, hey, our deadline is eight o'clock at night. Yep. You know what I mean? Because then it gives you that a little breathing room just to make sure you can process. And also think of this. You have a payment. If you're using a vendor, any of the big guys or whoever, they're going to have deadlines. And you want to process a payroll while your vendor is still open for business. And yep. has a help desk ready just in case you run into issues. Our current system, I know they must be going through some upgrades or something, but it is hella glitchy lately. <laughs> yes, you know yes. what I mean? And, and it slows us down, and it hasn't prevented us yet from processing payroll. But gosh, it's scaring us. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you need that extra time, and you have to be able to – Finish your process while your vendor is still open for business. So if you run into a jam, you can call your people, your customer support, and say, hey, I ran into a jam. And you get that, you get the help you need in a timely manner. So mm-hmm. be careful with your organization pushing you to either create a deadline that's too close for comfort or yeah. a deadline that's too soon that doesn't give you enough time to finish your audit. There's no time, right. To get because you as a payroll department you want to audit and auditing is in one of these pillars and I've touched on it for sure but we we may want to circle back one day and just cover do a quick one on auditing because we talk about it here because at in between all of these steps you really should be auditing your data Mm -hmm. after you create it and you send it to someone else those folks should be auditing their data so let me ask you a question, Brian. Yeah. Sorry to jump in here. Oh, sure. So what what are you auditing for? Right? Accuracy. You, okay. you so for so that's a great question. So mm-hmm. it depends on where in these steps you are, right? So if, if you're the person that creates the data, they mm-hmm. need to audit for accuracy and they need to look back on their mm-hmm. control being wherever that data originated. If mm-hmm. it's an employee If it's an employee application, whether it be digital or on paper, that's your control. Now, whoever is putting that employee in the system, they're working off of that piece of control. They're getting it into the system. Before they send it, they should be auditing back and reconciling to that control to make sure it's accurate. Then when payroll gets it, we can only audit back to the system. So if the system is wrong, the payroll is going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, because that is a that was created by another team. So when we create a payroll file, we can only audit back to the employee profile. So yep. we it happens on a grander scale. But just for example, we take the paycheck or a, a pre paycheck was a preview, what we call it, and it, we're we're previewing what's going to happen on a paycheck. So yep. we take one preview and we 
audit it back to that employee's profile, that employee's human capital management profile, employee systems profile, to make sure the rate matches. We make sure name and address match. And now our product is matching the input we were given. Right? Yep. That is the auditing step after processing or right before processing, rather. We want to audit back to that original data for payroll it's the employee information system for reporting when you do your reporting you have another opportunity to audit your reports back to payroll so if let's say someone asks you for hey brian I, I want all of the medical payments that were deducted on this last check date okay great i can go into my payroll system and i can run a report from that to make sure that report is accurate you need to go add up those medical deductions mm -hmm. or hopefully it's only one register, payroll register, which is created after you've processed, right? Your final file saying, mm -hmm. here's what you've paid to folks. On that document, you, it should be a hard-coded document. All your payment systems are going to provide you with a hard report, whether it be digitally or not, that says this is what happened in payroll. You just push the payroll button and this is what happened. So you would check to that for your reports. So if your report has to match that register, a mm -hmm. summary of all the payments taken out of that particular pay date, and why? Because you could have written the report wrong. Yep. We get nice with our reporting skills. We get real confident, and we nice with it. We the best. We the baddest. I could create mm -hmm. any report. But if you're not reconciling it back to the registers, you don't know if you have an accurate report or not. Exactly. Yep. You could have missed something. You could have missed yep. something. And every little parameter and creating in the reports or even running standard reports have a lot mm -hmm. of options. So if you missed the option that said, oh, this is for the whole year or this is for the week and this is for that or th whatever, and you go try to tie it to something, but it's missing a parameter, you're going to be off and you're going to be like, oh, my God, what's wrong? So. And then if you're not doing that before you deliver those reports to your the stakeholders that you owe these reports to, you're going to look really silly and really bad and could possibly lose your job because mm -hmm. you're delivering bad information. Yep. Da bad data. Bad data. Bad data. So yep. that is the point of auditing, and it should be done between every step in the process. Yep. Yeah, so I know one of my bosses said it's like making a pizza, right? Mm, like yeah. the dough gets handled in a certain way. You prepare the dough, and then you put the toppings on top of the pizza, how you want it, however. So whatever the department, what, what kind of job the employee has. Right. Full-time, part-time, 1099. All the coding. Coding goes the on toppings. top of it. Yep. And then that processing is put in that oven. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Making sure it's, it's done. And like you were saying, if you don't cook a pizza long enough and you get it out, you get that dough it'll be raw mm -hmm. and edible. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like It's kind of like that. He kind of like put it like that to me. He says like pizza when it comes to processing data. Yes, I like that. It's a good analogy. For every step along mm -hmm. the way, you'll be faced with, am I doing this? And is this getting done in an automated fashion or is it getting done manually? And for example... On the employee input part of it, are the employees keying into a portal for us? And mm -hmm. we move that data into our HCM 
or mm-hmm. are they keying right into the HCM on their own, or and there's workflow and things like that, or are they filling out paper? <laughs> yeah, that was the last one. Are they filling out a paper application, mm-hmm. and then some one person in your company is keying this into your human resources, uh, human capital management system, mm-hmm. and they're keying it in, man, that is, is, is just such an opportunity for human error. In this automated data process, you want to try to take that human error away as much mm-hmm. as you can. And that's why it was very interesting for one, HCMs and payroll systems, they have made it employee self-service as much as possible. All the thing, and some of them you can control. Do you want them to change this on their own or not? So I love employee self-service. It puts the onus back on the employee. That's your information. You should govern it. You should own it. You should update it as necessary. If it's wrong, it's on you. Yep. Right? So now, as a payroll professional, I'm glad to come in and police the system and audit the system and say, okay, did everybody get their social securities and numbers all right? Because that... You can run that through Social Security database to make sure that is happening, okay? And that's something you should be doing as an HR or a payroll person. If your company's not doing it, it's free, and you should be doing it to ensure that your Social Security numbers are actually valid and there's not a fraudulent identity theft thing going on. Again, back to the Chipotle story that we mentioned in the prior episode. That's the whole deal there. So you want to be validating that data so we can trust, but we need to validate. So, yes, I trust love... Trust but verify. Trust but verify. I love employee self-service, and it doesn't mean that we're hands-off with it. It just means we shouldn't be keying in your Social Security number, your direct deposit, your address, etc. That is not... Yep. That's not information we own. It's what you own. But now that it's yep. in the system, I am going to police it, and I'm going to make sure that it's all good. And a good payment system... We'll do some data validation toward the year end in, for W-2 and 1099 preparation. It'll s- start spitting out exception reports like, hey, you got a bunch of addresses that, are not, that don't look valid. Most of the employee self-services will stop them in their tracks when they're entering some data that's bad. It will say, no, this is not a zip code. You know what I mean? This is not a valid address. This, we're at a point where we're doing some real-time direct deposits. They'll say, this is not a valid bank account. So the, as the systems get better and better, more and more things can be put on the employee, be automated for the company, so we can worry more about policing the data, validating the data, than entering yep. the data, mm-hmm. right? We don't. You, we want to get away from data entry. And to that point, I heard this uh, interesting podcast, and I touched on it before, where a gentleman speaking about the blockchain and how the blockchain may play a role in employee information and putting it back to the employee and like the employee would own their NFT of their Mm -hmm. personal information and they would control the access to outside people, employers or whoever that wanted their information. So if you got a job and they didn't talk through the details, I'm curious, but the concept was, Hey, if you got a new job, your HR department would reach out to you and say, hey, can we have access to your NFT, you know, your PPI NFT, something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then you would grant it to them maybe like on a temporary basis. And so they could get the information they need to move into the employee system. You know what I mean? And that would be great because now you only have to manage it in one place. 
Yeah. And now your credit card, your whoever needed your address, name, social, this, that, you would give them access to one point of data. Yep. One place of access to your data. Mm-hmm. It, right now, our data lives in a million different any we sign up for every streaming service, every this, every that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's got to be a, a thousand different places every my app. data lives in. Every, every app, app. Yep. every job you've ever been at, not just your mm-hmm. current job, every job you've ever been at has record of you. Is it automated or is it manual? And I love where it's going with the automation. And mm-hmm. if it gets to that point, that is a great concept for owning our own data. Now the data is on us. Yep. You know what I mean? It's not on the employee. Employees can't call you up and say, hey, you got this wrong. No, no, no. You got it wrong because you gave me access to your data points, right? And and that's yep. where we want to go with with employee self service. Is like, hey, no, that's employee self service. That you need to update that. And we again, we do get reports. Like we get eighty, we get re, we get rejection reports, direct deposit rejection reports. Somebody tried to update it, but they missed a digit. For payroll people, never skip pre note. Do not let anybody tell, talk you out of skipping pre note. If your company forces you to skip pre-note, make sure you document it. It is a horrible practice. Do not skip pre-note. I don't care what you say. There's no reason (laughs) why we have to skip pre-note as a practice, as a policy. Now, if you're going to do it every now and then, because there's this a one-off, there's a one-off situation, and that's when you're forced to do it, Uh, maybe, and I still don't recommend it. Yeah. Right? I I don't either. Document. If your company forces you to skip pre-note, make sure it's in some documentation, in an email between you and your boss that it's established and understood. Because I promise you, something goes wrong, you're getting thrown under the bus. Yep. Something goes wrong, they're going to ask you, why do you guys skip, why does your payroll department skip pre-note? And if you haven't documented that, please believe that you may get rained on. And hey, whoa, this is not a good practice. Why do you skip pre-note? Oh, remember, Johnny, you told me to do that when I got when I started here. Really? I never said that. Do you have in writing? Yep. So people get real funny when it's when they think they have to protect their jobs and all that. And unfortunately, payrolls at the bottom of the hill and you know what rolls downhill, right? So (laughs) you need to we need to protect ourselves at a higher level than most departments need to do this, because one of the pillars of payroll is documentation. And that includes yep. documenting what you're doing and why you're doing it and exactly. getting approvals for that. So yep. in that, and that, again, at every step, your challenge, is this automated or is this manual? And if it's manual, you make sure those documents are signed. Make sure that the email says approved, that that's what it needs. I've had situations with new hire letters, offer letters, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody... We, somebody would argue a point or something with the offer letter mm-hmm. and the data point that was missing was the company's signature on the offer letter. So without, if, if, the, if, if, you, if somebody gives you an offer letter and it does not have your signature and the company's signature, that offer letter is not fully executed. That mm, document gotcha. is not fully executed. If they give you a legal document that requires two signatures and it's only yours, that document is fully executed. Gotcha. So now it gives the employee space to argue. Yep. Right? Because it could say, oh, I get a 
$1,000 bonus at every quarter. But you could come around and say, no, they promised me $2,000 a quarter. And this letter, that's where I stand. Oh, but our offer letter says 1000 Really? Can you show me a fully executed offer letter that says 1000 And then you're stuck. Because as, as an organization, if you're missing that data point, you're getting the employee's signature, you're saving it to your hard drive without the company's signature, those are all not fully executed. Now the, the employee has legal recourse? Recourse. Mm-hmm. Recourse. Right. So, yeah data points like that's it's that's important to each step is it automated is it manual you know what i mean and if it's manual you you miss some of these little things and honestly in this example it was automated there was no reason why the the folks that were responsible for this weren't adding the digital signatures it was just like yo hey you just have to dock you Auto docu sign it. I'm trying not to say docu sign, but they're the they're becoming synonymous with the process. You know what I mean? So yeah, let me ask no you a question, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question. So even when there's automation, don't you think there will still be some level of manual entry needed? Like what I think about it, like from the timesheet aspect, right? So if an employee punches out incorrectly has a has an incorrect punch and it comes over automated like somebody has to manually go in and adjust that still though right there's even though there's automation isn't there still some manual aspect to that or am i thinking- currently no currently you're right currently yeah. there's a lot of errors there the things that could are supposed to map over or push automatically over but you always get errors and yeah. we are I think we're just at the beginning, the, the starting line for artificial intelligence and payroll. Yeah, the, the reason I asked that question is because I didn't want people to have unrealistic expectations about automation. And it's, okay, it's automated. It's good no. to go. I don't have to <laughs> no, worry about it. It's, it's automated. It's not auto magic. Yes. <laughs> it's not auto magic. Okay, yeah. you have to, there, even in automation, you can spend weeks building the automation. Mm-hmm. And that it's about setup. It's about the process. It's about mapping the codes from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. Even within systems, if you want automation to work, they, hey, if you want this to work, this field on this profile page needs to be populated with this. So that's all little things that have to be done for a process to work. No, it's that's a great call out. It's not auto magic. It's automation. Like I said, I think we're at the beginning to see AI in payroll. I like, hey, you know, if this, then that. Easy. Yeah. Right? Like and, an Excel sheet. <laughs> Put oh, a formula in. Yeah, yeah, because that's how I know something can be automated. If I can do it in Excel, I know that there ha- it has to be a way to automate it. Because mm-hmm. we're doing it at a very f- fundamental level, a very low-tech solution. If we can make it work in Excel, it should be able to be done in the, in the software. So, yeah, that's, again, automated versus manual. Even if it's automated, it still may require you to manually build the automation, map Mm -hmm. the coding out, and yes, it may still require you to manually audit between systems, between reports to one process from another. Anytime you're creating one thing from another, that's an audit point, right? That's an audit point. Creating custom reports based on your payment system, 
That's an audit point. You need to make sure that custom report, it ties back to your hardcore payroll numbers. Yep. You know what I mean? So all those different points all the, are opportunities, right? Am I auditing? Is this automated or manual? Where are my challenges? And, and basically, when you're data processing at each stage, that's where you look for your opportunities to do it better, whether it's creating data, receiving data, processing data, reporting the data, or protecting the data. You have to find where your opportunities are to improve it, and that's the ways you find it. Is it automated versus manual? Yep. And I need to audit, I need to audit between because if you start finding things that don't, are not moving over correctly, mm-hmm. then that's your opportunity to fix it. Mm-hmm. It could be simple as, hey, the higher dates aren't moving over or their pay rates aren't moving over properly, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, and those social security numbers. Benefits. Benefits, <laughs> right. We don't have real-time social security verification. So as long as it looks like a social security number, the system is going to accept it. Right. There's, to my knowledge, there's no real time validation for Social Security, Social Security Administration. You guys need to do that. If anybody's listening, try to figure a way so payment systems can validate in real time, not a ginormous report that I have to submit there. Let's get the AI talking. Let's get the system and open network and open source going so that my system can go and check and look in and validate someone's social security number. Yep. Right? Yep. So, What's the, yeah, because, yeah, they, like, I, I get you put a, because I know they can do that with local taxes now. A lot of these new oh, yeah. CMs, these new systems can, you put in a zip code and an address and they can tell you, like, oh, this is the type of local tax this person has to pay. So I get what you're saying. Why not be able why to not? do that with, yeah. Yeah. Why not? I know mm-hmm. it's social security and it's mm-hmm. delicate, but I think we have the room to evolve with it and those type of tools and things and real-time validation, employee self-service, employees owning their own data and the AI going to look for it at the employee level, at their person level and not mm-hmm. in the world on their internet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's a lot of opportunities as far as payroll because of how advanced everything is right now. I'm super excited just to be yep continue to be a part of this conversation going forward in the future and it, it is getting really interesting and how right the blockchain and ai and web3 and all these things will impact payroll and we the see metaverse. it happening the metaverse <laughs> yes you go get paid on the metaverse i'm gonna go do payroll on the metaverse you know that might be cool one day if we could like remote workers could virtually see each other with the oculuses on and mm-hmm. have their screen in front of them and like just look to all oh you right there type deal. Mm-hmm. Even if it's avatar wise, it might be cool to interact avatar, that way. Yeah, avatar body with your with your, with your head on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm with, but I'm gonna make it proportional. I'm not yeah. gonna have a big old head on my avatar. <laughs> yeah, it, it might get out one day, man. We covered a lot of good stuff. There was a lot of yeah, good absolutely. nuggets in there. I wanted to end the show with a book that you and I are reading, something that really hit home with me. And it was a book by called Principles by Ray Dalio. But there was a part that said, it talked about transparency yes. and open-mindedness. And I wanted to implore you payroll professionals out there to keep your transparency, to keep 
being open-minded and push that forward, especially in in cases where you might have a manager who's stuck in antiquated processing ways. Do your best to try to get them to see through your transparency and open-mindedness, the new solutions that you can come about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love that. That's absolutely right. As a payroll professional, I think we, we do have to be radically transparent. And I think the only way you do it right and well is that if you're radically transparent throughout your whole life, throughout yeah. work and life. Okay. Yeah. And I think that it is a concept that works very well for a payer professional. You want to be trusted. You want to be beyond doubt. You know yeah. what I mean? That your people know, no, that the pay, this payroll person wouldn't have done that. We're going to find the error somewhere. You know, and again, there's a lot of most systems have audit trails and all that. So if you're not radically transparent, they're going to find out anyway. Yep. And one of the things that he'll, you'll, bring, you'll come across it at some point if you haven't already is that he built a, a culture of reporting the errors. Yep. Right. And a lot of times companies are very scared to say, oh, my gosh, I made an error. I made, you know, not companies, people in employees. the companies, employees <laughs> yeah. in the companies are very scared to be transparent and say, oh, I don't know. Or, wow, I think I made a mistake here. And it's definitely scary in payroll and in Ray, in Ray Dalio's example, because we're dealing with money. They yeah. were dealing with other people's money on a, the, the highest scale. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And payroll deals with money on, you know, all the time. So errors mean people lose money. Yep. Either the employee lost money or the company lost money. Errors in payroll and in that world, and I guess why, that's maybe why we are really resonating with some of the principles and all of the teachings, is that it's all about that money, right? It's yeah. about payroll for us. And you, you, you can't, like, he realized, he's like, no, man, I have to make it okay for mm-hmm. my people to be okay with making errors because if not, we don't learn. We're not learning from them and we're not correcting our future behavior. Yep. So that's, I'm, I, I think we're radically transparent already because mm-hmm. we tell it how it is. We're doing, we, we, mm-hmm. we're right. We don't want to hide those errors, man. You hide no. those errors. Oh, it's so much worse. And that's what Ray did. He actually penalized people who hid errors, who didn't report them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he was also building AI. He's big on AI and, and using it for the markets and using, you know, big, huge on AI and computer learning and all that. So he he wanted the data. He wanted the error so he could feed it into the AI so the AI could learn. Yep. And, and it was dual. He had the selfish need to, to to fuel that passion of that AI. But he also realized that it was hurting the culture for people to hide these things. And a lot of times, like we say, you being the only person that knows it is not job security. No, it's not. You know what I mean? Again, share what you're doing. Share your errors. Share your wins. Celebrate the wins. But also share your errors so you don't make that mistake again. And if you have to document that you document, like we're documenting in our world right now, we're documenting everything we can think of because it's all going to show a pattern. That helps us build business cases that helps us improve automation and business policies. Yep. So documentation, again, a key pillar. The data, a key pillar. Folks, thanks for joining us on these five pillars of payroll and this journey with us. Man, it's been incredibly fun. We are not stopping. We'll be here for a while. We're going to be talking payroll 
for months, years to come. Can't wait for the next show, and, and I really thank you guys for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for your time, guys. Peace. Peace. <clears throat> thank you for joining us today on our podcast, It's About Payroll. We're your hosts, Brian Escobar and William Duncan. And until the next time, folks, keep learning, keep growing, and most importantly, keep going.